Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. Uh, my name is Pete Allison and this is Dave Cripp. Yo, yo, hello. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Are you well? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad at all. Good. Uh, it's a fun one today because this uh, episode of Friends with Friends has been born out of a previous episode. Yes. Uh, and this is all sounding very cryptic, so rather than just <laughs> continue the uh, cryptic messaging, I will just explain what happened. Cast your mind back, if you will. If you're not a regular listener, um, when was she on? Four... Not that long ago. Three or four weeks ago? I don't know, I can't remember. A month or so ago, uh, we had the wonderful Lindsay Russell, uh, Blue Peter presenter extraordinaire, uh, on uh, Friends with Friends. And during the episode, I would say five to six times, (laughs) she made reference to her roommate, Nat, who is obsessed with Friends and knows more. And and it was kind of like Lindsay was getting quite anxious, wasn't she? She was like, oh my God, Nat's going to kill me if I get this wrong, or (laughs) Nat's going to tell me that I've made an error there. Nat was the oracle compared to her. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And she spoke with such high regard of Nat that we had to get Nat on the podcast. So our friend this week is the wonderful Nat Main. Hi, Nat. Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome to Friends of Friends. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've completely piggybacked on Lindsay's, you know, fame, success, fortune, everything. Look, this is the way everybody... <laughs> but as is my life and it's all fine. I'm very, very okay with it. I'm always like, I'm Chris Jenner to your Kim. I just exactly. am on everything you're on and I'll just take what I can. My little 10% and I'll... I'll be on my way. So, so, so you, you have previously listened to Friends with Friends. That's right. I have, yeah. And had you, you had listened before Lindsay came on? Yeah. Well, she told me about it. I was like, because I basically until a year and a half ago didn't know how to work podcasts. I didn't okay. understand. <laughs> I thought you had to download an app. I just, I didn't get it. And everyone was like, "You love them. You love them." Because I walk everywhere and always listen to music. So they said, "Download these podcasts." So I'd just kind of been introduced to the whole world of them a while ago, and then didn't know this one existed because there are so many. I yeah, don't there's know only how, like twenty-five million yeah, podcasts. Like how you find one, and you just type. Like I would just type in kind of keywords for me, like Kristen Wiig, and I was like, "What's going to come up? <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> Beyonce, and then just see what like was unveiled to me through Apple. So she told me about this, and I said, "That is the most." incredible thing I've ever heard like all I want to do is talk about friends and listen to people talk about friends and see how my insights match and how it all goes so see so um what happened earlier to Lindsay texted me Pete earlier today going oh you're doing the podcast with Nat today and uh she said really exciting and then she said I'm really nervous for you though because she knows so much about friends (laughs) 
I worry she's going to show you up, oh, uh, well, basically. It, that's fine. I mean, you, you're entitled to share what wide knowledge of friends you have. That's that's what you're here for. I'm, I'm willing to be shown up. Yeah, I'm nervous now, though, because I feel like I've been made out to be, as I am, like self-professed <laughs> huge fan. But yeah. what if, like this quiz at the end, I my palms are sweating. I'm already nervous because I'm like, I have so much clout in this world with friends, family. I was explaining earlier that my brothers and I, our relationship hinges on friends and nothing else. Like, I, if I get something wrong, I will be tail between my legs, walking with my head low for the rest it's of my life. a lot of pressure on this episode, isn't I know. There? <laughs> Just wow. on myself, really. Um, Nat has come dressed uh, for the occasion, Pete. She's wearing an excellent t-shirt, which is a photo of Chandler, Rachel, Ross and Monica, but in the flashback uh, college days. So Chandler okay. is, like sticky up hair, Ross with the amazing moustache. Uh, Rachel with her old nose and Fat Monica. Yeah. Look, let's not put too much pressure on it. Let's all just have a nice time and talk about friends. I think there's, you know, there's a worry that we're all just going to get very anxious. And this will be a terrible listening experience for everybody (laughs) if we do. So let's all just relax, guys. Let's relax and talk about our favourite thing. So your, your relationship with your brothers relies on friends, you were saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, entirely. We've become so much closer since they started watching and we're all fans. And we've now, yeah, for the past few years, given each other friends themed Christmas presents like my brother got me the t-shirt I'm wearing it started when they got me together the AZ bookends and they were the silver bookends <laughs> and I opened it I just thought this is Sorry. the most thoughtful gift you've ever given me because I used to just get me like a gift card or some kind of nondescript clothing item that sort of present um, you get like your family member that you don't really know yeah, what they like yeah exactly yeah. exactly and so then they did that and I thought and I was like this is the beginning of a new era for the three of us And so then last year, I got them all the gifts that Joey and Chandler buy the gang at the gas station when they like forget. Toilet seat cover. Yeah, toilet seat cover, wiper blades, all. And they unpacked it like with each line as they unpacked. (laughs) Again, because they don't really, it's exactly the same thing. They don't have a car. They don't eat, you know, lemon lime, Coca Cola. They loved it. (laughs) My brother like reached for the condoms and he was like, these are mine. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. Slightly awkward family moment when you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, "Mm." and I was away. So my mum had to buy some of it I was like I'm not gonna have time to buy these items and I need can you like get this stuff for me and she went why oh it's from friends like don't worry about it just it's fine don't worry just buy me a packet of ribbed condoms yeah (laughs) her her pleasure exactly they need to be ribbed specifically she's like oh god why I don't want to know that is excellent um so how did you go about choosing your episode to talk about today I mean it was so stressful. It, as I said to you, it was like Sophie's choice, but it's like Sophie has 250 children <laughs> and she's got to choose one. Um, so many of my favorites were taken, sadly, but I... So what would have been your absolute number one? I think my number one would have been probably the one where no one's ready yeah. or the one where everybody finds out Yeah, because sure. they're just so good. They're so good. Um, I think the one where no one's ready, we've talked about it on the podcast before, uh, so many people have tried to choose that because I think it is just one of the, just the best episodes of anything. Yeah, it's just a classic. And I, before I owned all the DVDs, I wanted them all. My parents, as a warm up, I think testing how deep my interest was, got me this box set of four best of friends episodes. I think they were only from seasons one to seven because the show hadn't finished yet. Right. And that was one of them. So like that one, the one with the football, the blackout. So there are a few that I know so well because I had those like from the beginning. So I've chosen the one with the stoned guy. Good. An early one. Yeah, a really early one, which I chose mainly because I love John Lovitz in this episode. I think he's one of my favorite Friends guest stars. And he returns later in the series. I mean, 
the biggest gap between appearances yeah. in probably the nine whole years. Thing. Yeah, it's a nine, whole nine year nine gap. year gap. And I then realized watching it, there's so much foreshadowing in this episode of stuff that happens later in the series, like Joey teaching Ross how to talk dirty, which he does, you know, with his Western Europe backpacking yep. story, and that's how Emma happens. Chandler ends up quitting his job down the line, you know, like so much but that a comes lot back. Later, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, years, years, and years like later. eight, nine years later, and I thought, God, there's a lot of great little kind of beginnings here. Does John Lovitz so. play the same character? Is that ever clarified? Is it supposed to be the same person or yeah. is it just, is it? I, I didn't, I think I just thought, well, that's too, you know, uh, guest appearances and not necessarily the same person. Yeah, it's not made explicit, is it? They don't sort of say, hey, you're the guy from mm. when you came around to our apartment eight years ago. But it's the same character name. Yeah. And he's Steve. Steve. And he's smoking doobies in both. You know, it's, that's it's, true, yeah. And he talks yeah. about losing his restaurant to drugs. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's that but, restaurant. Exactly, but yeah. what's weird is they never acknowledge that they ever met. Yeah, I think I think that's why it hadn't occurred to me. It's like it's never sort of back referenced other than in things he says. Right, exactly. Okay, well hang on. Before we get into it, let's do the uh let's do the plot summary. Uh, it's season one, episode fifteen, the one with the stone guy. Um, Monica cooks a gourmet meal for a restaurateur named Steve, who's looking for a new chef. Unfortunately, he's stoned and would just as well eat taco shells as a haute cuisine. This is very uh, <laughs> flowerly written wow. uh, summary from Wikipedia. <laughs> Meanwhile, after working as a data processing permanent temp for five years, Chandler gets promoted to a data processing supervisor, then quits, but takes his job back when he's offered more money. And Ross has a date with a beautiful colleague named... C- colleague? What the f- Come on, Dave. You're better at talking <laughs> a than this. A colleague. Um, Ross has a date with a beautiful colleague... F- <laughs> I'm sorry. That might have been me. No, do you know what? It's just just my brain. Guys, it's like we usually quite often record these in the mornings. It's 5 p.m. I think my brain's just shut down. I just can't read anymore. Um, third time lucky. Ross has a date with a beautiful colleague named Celia and gives new meaning to the terms. Oh, this is so weird. So I basically never read these through before I read them out live. Yeah. And, and there's always very much a lot of editing. But this is what the Wikipedia plot summary says. Um Bearing in mind, they're usually very just matter of fact, aren't they? Ross has a date with a beautiful colleague named Celia and gives new meaning to the term spanking the monkey when he brings her back to his place to meet Marcel. That feels like an unnecessary reference. That's not really anything to do with it. No. And then the next sentence says, Celia is willing to have sex with him, but only if he talks dirty to her, which he cannot do. So he asks Joey for help. That is the weirdest way of summing up that storyline. Yeah, such a basic, not basic episode. I love it. But I love it for its kind of simplicity of just the six of them, early days, no one's got together, nothing's complicated. That's very fancy. It's really great. And there's loads of, um, yeah, it's too fancy. But that is, that is the best thing about this episode. It's so just nice to hark back to those days. Yeah, the monkey days, the yeah, days where the they're all just... spanking the monkey days. the monkey days. <laughs> but, you know, Rachel just being a terrible waitress. There's yeah. the bit in the opening where she's put the cinnamon stick behind her ear and dropped the pencil with the eraser in Monica's yeah. coffee. And all. there's just so many nice little bits where that's like, proper classic friends in mm-hmm. my you know in my head and before yeah like you say everything got really complicated uh, so yeah so we've got three we've got three storylines we've got Chandler quitting his job we've got Monica's chef audition and we've got Ross's dirty talk where do you want to start oh my god um the choice is yours wow I mean we could start with Ross okay I guess only because also I chose this episode because if you're a fan of the U.S. office Jan Levinson Gould is Celia 
What? So actress. Yes. How did I not clock that? I know, because she looks like a completely different... She doesn't. She's just blonder when she's in the office. But I, I didn't realise... I love the realize... American office nearly as much as I love Friends, and I'm dismayed well, so with do myself I. that I didn't And I only call that. it the office, and since I've moved here, I have to, like, clarify that oh, it's yeah. the American one. <laughs> to me, it's the only one. Actually, maybe cut that, because I'll be slaughtered <laughs> oh, no. if that's released. <laughs> but yeah, it's Jan. And I was watching it a few years ago, and I went, oh my god, that's Jan. Also, Daryl is the guy who Phoebe goes to change her name Banana with. Hammock. Yeah. Yes. That's Daryl. Like, crazy stuff. So that's also part of why I chose it, because I thought, how weird that Jan is in Friends so- in this hilarious cameo. I've just Googled I've just Googled it now, and I can see it. But she does have completely different hair and is, of course, very much younger. So, um, yeah. but yeah, there she is. Oh, my God. How weird. Also, because she's screaming with a monkey hanging off her hair for so much <laughs> yeah, of it. You're like, true. who is this woman? <laughs> yeah, you're not really looking at her going, oh, where do I recognise her yeah, from? Exactly. Going, there is a monkey on her hair. <laughs> So let's, yeah, let's start with Ross's dirty talk then. So he, this all starts quite gently when the, you know, Monica's trying to sort this audition out and Ross is basically asking for restaurant recommendations. There's a couple of Mm. funny lines about, uh, does anyone know a good place if you're not dating a puma? Yeah. Uh, After Joey tries to recommend this (laughs) steak. A 32 ounce steak. If you finish it, it's free. (laughs) Oh God. And then we get, yeah, like you said, so we get to this scene where Celia has the monkey hanging off her because Joey has been... uh, Basically, just a nice little comedic bit where Joey's going, "Hey, look, the monkey's a chick, ma- a chick magnet." What a phrase mm. that is! Yeah, hasn't aged well that phrase. That has is it? such a '90s, yeah. like early '90s. Oh, they're a chick magnet. Yeah. I just, I don't think anyone ever uses that or has ever really used it. Yeah, maybe. and rightly so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Even just the word "chick" hasn't aged well at all, has it? Let alone adding "magnet" as a. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going, "Look, the monkey's a chick magnet. She'll be putting in your hands basically when she gets back." And then we cut to the scene of of uh, the monkey hanging off Celia. Um, and then that kind of just goes away for a bit, doesn't it? And then we return to it a little bit later um, when Ross has come back round. And uh, the first thing I noticed was the scene is set uh, by a Neil Diamond song, yeah, <laughs> which has always just been there in the back of my head. But again, when you go over it and analyse it, you're like, this is like 1994. Yeah. I mean, that song is still 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> when- <laughs> Like the friend, the people picking the music are gone. Guys, anyone know a really sexy yeah, tune? Yeah, some kind of steamy <laughs> yeah. song for Celia and Ross. And they've gone, guys, have you heard the latest Neil Diamond yeah. record? Uh, but it is a banging song. Um, and then we get into this whole thing where, uh, you know, it's again, as Friends quite often is, quite bold and risque for a mainstream sitcom. Yeah. And she basically starts going, talk dirty to me. Yeah, which I also have to say what I find strange is between, like, I want to know what happened between him getting Marcel off her hair yeah. for her to <laughs> not be like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna go home. Maybe we can go out another time. And she's like, no, I'm staying. Like, yeah, well, that's exactly it. There's like, in your brain, when that, when that first scene ends and Marcel's been hanging off her and she's basically gone, I can't do this. Even when I was watching it back, knowing what happens later... I was going, well, that's the end of Celia, isn't it? We all ne- we should never see Celia again, yeah. rightfully. Yeah. Like, yes, for her own sake. Yeah, if nothing sake. else. Um, but yeah, then we get into this, um, the, the dirty talking s- sequence, which Ross is very unable to do. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just, 
I love his kind of discomfort with it, which I get because that's a high pressure situation. Mm. Like someone demanding that you would be a bit like, oh, uh, okay. You know, it has obviously hasn't come about organically and him just panicking. And I guess they chose it because he's assigned to, I don't know whose idea it was for him to say vulva, (laughs) but it is just every time I watch, I just think it's such a strange word that is so rarely used in everyday jargon that is someone to think. It's deeply unsexy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like the least sexy word ever. Because even moist, some people at least like moist. <laughs> I don't think anyone goes, you know what, vulva is the one for me. It's the w- strangest choice. Whoever wrote that, I love them. It's per- it's, it is kind of just perfect Ross though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, y- you <laughs> you watch the cogs turning in his head. And you can going, see him clutching, oh, can't you? Yeah. yeah, I do not know what to do in this situation. <laughs> I have got no clue what I should be doing. Yeah, he's like, the proper word for yeah, it, I yeah, guess, is vulva. Yeah, exactly. uh, I'll say that. But he's also, yeah, he's obviously scrolled through so yeah. many options in his head. <laughs> and again, so then this is kind of going back to your point. Date number one, the monkey's fallen off her hair, <laughs> having been clinging to it yeah. for minutes. Date two, she's asked him to get into some dirty talk and he said vulva and they've cuddled. Yeah. How has date three <laughs> happened? I don't know what their relationship is at the museum <laughs> that she's so into yeah. being with him. I think if any, if that happened to me, I would find it hilarious. and But may, probably leave. I don't think I would stay. It's a good story, right? Yeah, it's a great story and maybe would try to think of what I mean now I would hope that someone was referencing friends and would go well we need to get married but (laughs) if this happened to me just in life I think I just yeah it'd be a story and that'd be all it would be it is a very uncomfortable situation to be put in isn't it if somebody like you say just demands dirty talk rather than this has come about because, hey, we're feeling this out. I think you'd, you'd sort of write it off in future as well. You'd be like, okay, dirty talk isn't something this person is good at. And yet, Ross, bless him, he does try to become better at it, doesn't he? Exactly. And then we get this great scene with Joey. So he basically, he doesn't actually go to Joey and ask for help, does he? Joey basically foists help he's upon him. He's very willing. Yeah, he's very willing yeah. to help him. So Ross is telling him the story and saying vulva and, and Joey goes, right, come on, let's do this. Let's get this yeah. sorted out. <laughs> And it's it's just one of those like really great friend scenes. There's both the t- two main scenes in this for me are like two of the fun, like I howled with laughter at both. You know the John yeah. Lovitz being oh. stoned, yeah. But also this bit where so so you know if you haven't seen it for a while, what happens is Joey basically starts going, "Come on, talk you know talk a bit dirty to me." And Ross, in a great bit of sort of just directing and blocking, goes, "No, you have to turn away from me." So yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not looking at you when I'm doing this. And then Chandler obviously walks out behind them. And it's just so well done. Joey looks so comfortable with it. Yeah. It's quite progressive, actually. Just having their bagels and just talking in the morning. Like, it's so casual. Yeah, just Joey buttering a bagel and just eating it and munching away as it's going on. And, you know, Joey is really up for this, isn't he? There's there's not a, like, tiny little twinge of homophobia from him. He's like, come on, we're going to talk this. Ross, very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, Chandler comes and just obviously comes out of the perfect time and watches this whole thing unfold. But it's just that every beat of that scene is so just joyous to watch. And Matthew Perry's seeming like genuine enjoyment of being in the background of that scene, like his smiling and his laughing along with it, like looks natural. It's like he's in a play and he's finding it funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I feel like they've probably had a lot of fun shooting that scene. And then the moment is when Ross is saying, I want to take my tongue and 
But they're doing it at basically the exact same time. Like yeah. it looks really like well, it just must have been really hard to get that right. Um, and then we don't see Celia again, do we? Then no. Ross is off. He does it, and it turns out he, in a classic Ross way, takes it too far. Yeah, it was really deep. Uh, he said he, he weaves the storylines. He said, yeah. "How did it go?" He said, "I was the best at dirty talk ever. I weave these storylines. I at, at one point there were." plots and there were villagers, villagers or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the villagers is when you know it's gone way too far isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> but they tied themselves out and fell asleep and cuddled again and yeah. then do you know what that was the point which it was too much for celia because yeah. we never see her again <laughs> she's gone yeah. she went to go find michael scott yeah. <laughs> that's where she left to Right, let's go on to Chandler. Chandler's quitting his job. Uh, this is so. This is what the fifteenth episode, isn't it? Yeah. Of yeah. the entirety of Friends, mm-hmm. uh, and so we've just known Chandler a very short amount of time. Really, he's quit his job, and then he ends up going back to it and not quitting again for another eight or nine years. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, quite sad. Yeah. <laughs> when you really said just... he's been there for like fourteen years because yeah. he's already been there for five, he's and yeah, he quits. So miserable when yeah. we meet him now after five yeah. <laughs> years, and then he just goes back. Hopefully, the extra money makes it worthwhile. But the the main thing here is there's a lot of bloody clues, guys, to what Chandler's job is. And later on, when none of them, know, he says it a lot. Yeah, yeah. He, he says data processing a lot, a lot and yeah. all of the clues are there. And when it comes to the game and it comes to the apartment swap, and mm, none of them know oh, what he so does. Good. He is not just a transponster, guys. You're, yeah. just, you're just bad friends. <laughs> but I wonder if it is one of those jobs that somebody tells you and you just kind of forget because you don't really understand what it is. Like you've heard the words, but you're you, you they have gone in one ear and out the other. But his title is so recognisable that it becomes a joke because we know the title. Therefore, it's funny when he comes back from that careers advice meeting and says that it's come out with that as the suggestion. He references it again, doesn't he? And there's a big laugh there because he's said his own job title. Yeah, well, this is what happens in it. So Chandler, Chandler does quit because he gets off of this promotion um, and he realises he's been there too long. He quits, visits this uh, careers advisor, does nine hours of tests or whatever. Mm. And it comes out basically with the exact job he, he already had. Um, which is, again... Another, I, I feel for Chandler in this episode because he's obviously going, guys, it seems like I should be doing something really cool. And you're like, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be having spent five years of your life being really miserable and then end up, that is basically what yeah. you're good for. Yeah, exactly. I think it's such a normal kind of late, I mean, I don't know how old Chandler is. Monica at one point says she's 26 in this yeah. season when she's dating the really young guy. But yes. then all their ages are kind of just late 20s we don't really know Chandler I guess is a couple years older than her but so like late 20s mid kind of career crisis of oh, I got this job maybe when he first moved to New York and he's yeah. stuck there yeah. and everyone's kind of in that you know yeah and I that- so get that feeling of like oh but I should be doing something really cool with my life I, oh, I, I think doing? this is then- probably Chandler at his most relatable uh, when I was watching it earlier I thought this is probably the most relatable I've seen him because he seems very human and there's this quite almost sad undercurrent of he feels like he should be destined for something bigger and does he settle Mm. like that's quite a big sort of life moment he's having there yeah and and we've all been at that thing where you move to a city and you get a job and you're like oh this is just 
a good starting thing when I do it and then you're like, oh no, I'm still here yeah. <laughs> months or years later yeah. doing the same thing. I better think about what I'm doing. Can we have a moment for Chandler's incredible fake typing as the uh, scene is set oh in his booth, God. by the way? He is not even trying to make it look like he's typing. No. <laughs> also a moment for his Toronto Blue Jays hat that is in that cubicle because Matthew Perry is Canadian. And oh, yes, isn't it? Of course. Yeah. And so he's not from Toronto, but I don't think Ottawa have a baseball team. I think Toronto's the only Canadian baseball team. Um, so he's got a Toronto Blue Jays cap in the background, which I noticed. Yeah, he must have. I don't know. Maybe it was him having fun or somebody. Do we know where Chandler is supposed to be from? No. No, I don't know. Never, we do never, really find out. I don't think it's ever brought up, is it? I wonder if Chandler's Canadian. Maybe. Maybe that's the only clue we've ever had. Yeah. The great thing about this podcast is we just accidentally learn little tiny things we've never noticed. <laughs> Maybe, guys. Bits. Chandler is Canadian. Yeah. And we're, it's just we're saying it here now. Never referenced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we get this glimpse of Chandler, don't we, in his uh, in his cubicle with his Blue Jays hat and his rubber chicken. Yeah, he's got this like giant burger stack as well in the back. <laughs> yeah. I used to think the prank memos thing before I knew what memos were when I watched this as a child. Mm. Like one was the rubber chicken. He's trying to cover it. And I've only realized, oh, no, the memos are on his desk. Yes, he's, he's covering, covering it the with chicken. The stuff. With, yeah, it, it's never. It's one of those things, friends, that's never really explained. Then you just sort of go, oh, yeah, fine. Yeah, of course. Ch- Chandler's a joker. Of course, yeah. he has a rubber chicken at work. Why wouldn't you? The office joker. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that place of work is rife with pranks yeah. and <laughs> Lols, isn't exactly. It? I love his attempt to compliment his supervisor as well. He, uh, oh, yeah. a very flattering sleeve length on you is a great <laughs> clutch for a uh, compliment. His secretary later on, who he calls in as well, just the disdain that she yeah. has. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. even have a line entering and exiting that room. You know, okay, he's done this maybe fifteen times yeah. already. Like you just know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah, that's when he's showing Phoebe his office later, isn't it? And he buzzes through and goes, "Helen, could you come through for a moment?" Yeah. And she just walks in, going. Come on, mate. Yeah. Stop it now. <laughs> like last time, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chandler gets his, he gets off of this promotion by his boss. He quits. And then amidst all this dirty talk being talked by uh, Joey to Ross, Chandler gets a call from his boss again, who basically just from what we're led to believe keeps just increasing the amount for his pay. So it's a bloody good career move, to be fair, mm-hmm. to him. He's not just taking this promotion. He's probably got a hell of a lot more money. Well, we know later he has money when they get married. And um, they're trying to figure out how much he's saying how he has money for the wedding. Because Monica's parents have given all. And he's like, oh, I have a bit saved. Yeah. And then they all like all the women are like, oh, hello, Chandler. Because he's like got X amount of dollars in the bank that, you know, makes sense. He's got this huge promotion, obviously. Yeah, well, exactly. Eight years earlier. Fair play. And, you know, again, it's the foreshadowing you talked about. This is paving the way for him being able to pay for his wedding. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, quickly, quickly, we haven't got long. Please listen to the all-new Angela Sandberry podcast. Oh, my God, it's hilarious. There's so much muck in it. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Right, on to the main, the headline story, uh, the best yes. bit, the stoned guy. Uh, and actually, interestingly, something we've talked about on this podcast before, quite often the title of the Friends episode isn't named after like the big main story. But in right. this case, it, it really is. Yeah. And this is the best bit. And it's such a good guest appearance. John Lovitz oh. is so great. It is yeah. a proper scene stealing um, appearance from him, isn't it? Because yeah. he's not really in it that much, which is what's so shocking. Like he's Just in it for scene. maybe, yeah. you know, a few minutes. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's everything to me in this episode <laughs> and in my life. So this is <laughs> probably one of those things. I mean, you're a good person to talk about this episode because I presume... So he gets this big whoop in a chair when he walks in. Is that because he was on SNL? Yeah, he was on SNL from 85 to 1990. So okay. he would have been That would have been like famous. his heyday. Yeah, that's kind of what he became known for. But I also found out, which I didn't know until very recently, that he was the guy who encouraged Lisa Kudrow to be an actress. Because really? I kind of thought, oh, interesting choice to have him on. Obviously, he did SNL and he does all these characters. So someone must have just thought John Lovitz Funny. is a great choice. Yeah. Um, yeah, she was going to be a doctor because she thought that was a responsible decision for her life and her future children. But he is her older brother's like childhood best friend. And she'd seen him get SNL and thought, oh, maybe this can happen for people. And he said, why don't you just try going to the Groundlings in L.A.? You know, it's classes, so you don't have to work there. And she started yeah. doing that. And then the rest is history. I mean, so, that is a great bit of background. I mean, background. he... You know, we owe Phoebe to John Lovitz. That's so great, isn't it? And it's like, it's another one of those things where they've obviously folded it in and it's Phoebe brings in Steve, the character as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, I am, I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but it's a nice little touch. Yeah, that, that's what I started wondering. I thought, was she the one who went, oh, guys, he'll definitely do this because right. my brother's been his best friend since they were, you know, kids. Great. Don't know. But yeah, never knew that. So... Uh, before we meet so yeah it's, it's, it's literally he's in it for one main scene and then the little post credits roll very mm -hmm. briefly it's like the whole pivot thing again isn't it Pete where you go pivot is such a momentous moment in Friends yeah. history but it doesn't come until like 18 minutes into the episode yeah and it lasts for about two yeah <laughs> like, exactly oh really it's real short and this is the same sort of thing again because this is the proper scene stealing bit of the episode mm -hmm. but it doesn't come to a good whack in beforehand this actually all starts because Chandler's lost his job if you remember if we go all the way back to basically the second scene in the episode Chandler comes in tells him well he's lost his job and Phoebe goes oh you know what you should do and there's this great scene where Phoebe's trying to make Chandler completely to the head yeah. chef <laughs> yeah. of Steve's restaurant yeah. and Monica's sitting there going uh, hello <laughs> uh, and it's just really wonderful because you get this really nice dynamic between the three of them and one of my favorite moments actually in the opening bit of this of the episode is where Chandler basically goes no I, you know I don't know anything about food I can't be a chef and there's this amazing pause and then Phoebe turns back to Monica and goes oh hey Monica guess what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just so well delivered and it's so nicely done but that's how we find out Phoebe's massage client yeah. uh, has just bought a new restaurant he's looking for a head chef I just feels like if you're gonna buy a restaurant at least have a plan 
Yeah, although knowing Steve, <laughs> yeah. as we do later, he doesn't seem like a guy. I feel like he was must have been a guy who kind of struck gold, had like a vaguely million dollar idea. Right. And then all this money, kind of like Pete, except yeah. we don't see that backstory and just thought, I'm going to buy a restaurant. I know. You, know? you do wonder where Steve's got his money from. <laughs> because when we meet him later, I mean, he loses his restaurant to drugs yeah. and all his money. And he's yeah. making T-shirts in a studio apartment with three other guys. I feel so maybe goes, like a, a, a long lost relative died and left him like... Yeah. Half a million dollars. Yeah, or something. he's come into this money yeah. kind of through no hard work, maybe. Yeah, and he's and gone just to buy a restaurant and spunked it all away on yeah. drugs and <laughs> getting high. Monica is planning this audition where he comes. I mean, who knew chefs did auditions in their own kitchens? Yeah, so very odd. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, very bold move of him to be welcomed into her home, isn't it? Yeah, just sort of like, well, he's obviously sort of made that demand as well. He's sort of gone, you cook me dinner. Maybe it's because Phoebe knows him. It feels more, I don't know, but how much they talk when she's massaging him. I don't know what they are. Yeah, Yeah, do you know when you get a massage, you don't really talk to your masseuse that much. No, I would never go, oh, hey, I'm opening a restaurant. If you know anyone, (laughs) um, that would be great. And we can go to theirs and just have a great time. Well, the relationship she has with, especially with Steve, is quite interesting because it's obviously very familiar because once this all transpires and it all goes wrong, the very final scene of the episode is Phoebe basically assaulting Steve yeah. on the massage <laughs> like table. Elbowing him. Like elbowing him in the back going, does this hurt? Does yeah. this hurt? As, you know, as revenge. Surely after that, she would lose him as a client as well. Well, this is the thing. He's still paying for that massage. <laughs> and she also keeps him for years because when she sets him up with Rachel, she again refers to him as her massage client. Yeah. So he's still there Steve's, eight years later. Steve's got issues, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are some deep-seated problems with yeah. Steve psychologically, I think. Um, but yeah, so Monica's preparing for this or and she hires a girl from the restaurant, Wendy, mm-hmm. uh, to waitress. And Rachel gets really annoyed, understandably, perhaps. And there's this great little um, back and forth where Monica says, you know, I just needed more of a professional waitress. And there's a really lovely line about, well, yeah, and I've been maintaining my amateur status <laughs> yes. so I can waitress at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> and this scene, guys, is literally why I know where the 1976 Winter Olympics were Yes, held. exactly. <laughs> I've always watched it and never really understood what he meant. And yeah. then I was like, I should look this up before I go on this podcast because I don't want to be a fool. It's more impressive that he can recall where the 1976 Winter Olympics yeah. were held. Yeah, I don't so even remember the when they were in Canada, yeah, which was so exciting so for quickly. us. I like, couldn't be like, yeah, I was... Waited tables in Vancouver 20 something. Yeah, when was Vancouver Winter Olympics? Yeah, that's in our lifetime, isn't it? We had the Commonwealth Games in a, in Manchester, where I'm from, in 2002. I remember that because I've got some Commonwealth Games socks. Yeah, we had the Commonwealth Games <laughs> oh, nice. in, or the Invictus Games, sorry, in Toronto, which was where one of the, maybe it wasn't the first, but Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were spotted together. Oh. It was one of their first kind of like, oh, they're together kind Those of things because she was in Toronto filming Suits and my friend saw them. Uh, so yeah, but this is now, I, I, and it has, it's one time in my life become useful and I can't remember when now, maybe a pub quiz or something, mm. but some, you know, so the line is Chandler says, oh, I waited tables in Innsbruck in 76 and yeah. it's just lodged in my brain forever now. Yeah, Winter Olympics, Innsbruck, Austria, 1976, done. This is also one of those maybe smaller friends references that I will never unhear when Monica offers him the amuse-bouche and he eats it and goes, well, it certainly is <laughs> amusing. <laughs> like I was watching a cooking show and they were making an amuse-bouche and it just ran through. I was like, yep, that's that's the one. Yep. <laughs> it's just one of those that I will never, ever hear or be able to order an amuse-bouche without <laughs> maybe laughing a little bit about it. Yeah, and Chandler makes that lovely reference to, well, I had a grape about an hour, an hour ago, so I'll have to split this with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so we get to Wendy bails, doesn't she? And then Monica basically has to double the pay and beg Rachel to come and waitress yeah. for her at this thing, which is all very convenient because they didn't have to pay an extra actor. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone can be in this. Imagine scene. if they were like, Jennifer, you're not going to be in this. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got somebody else in. So Wendy's you... <laughs> doing it, guys. Wendy from work. Wendy's coming in. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, John Lovitz comes in. And there are, talking oh, of sort God. of friends, quotable moments in this scene. There are so many bits that I still come into my mind fairly regularly. There's, yeah. you know, smack my ass and call me Judy. <laughs> Tartlets. 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 I, I actually, I, it's not often I hear the word tartlet, but that is one thing that is forever synonymous with friends. Like that yeah. is your immediate thought when you hear that word. It's him. And not only that, yeah. the way he says it too. Yeah. Apparently he improvised a lot of his stuff. I read that somewhere and I'm curious as to A, whether it's true, but also what was and what wasn't. Right. You know, what did John Lovitz just come out with? What was written in? That feels like it fits, though, because that's the really nice thing about this scene is that the three women feel so out of... They have no control over what he's doing and what's happening. And that's the funny thing is that they've kind of let this like wild animal roam around their kitchen who's poking into cupboards and stuff like that. That's the, the funny part of it is watching them trying to deal with it. I think. Yeah, I, I feel like when he... Bursts open the bag of gummy bears yes, and then tosses the sugaros yeah. in. Grab on, guys, play. save yourselves! <laughs> <laughs> the sugaros. Oh, that feels like something that might have been improvised. Yeah, you know, in like a rehearsal or in a little run through. I mean, the the other bit that makes me laugh out loud is the way John Lovitz just says the word no. When so he's stolen the <laughs> yeah. gummy bears, he's yeah. put them in his jacket, and he sits down and starts uh, it's just brilliantly done where he just starts trying to surreptitiously eat them you yeah, know like, like thinking no one knows like what's at the back of a classroom <laughs> you know and then she's obviously just stood right over his shoulder and she goes give me the gummy bears and he just looks up and goes no and yeah. it's just <laughs> oh it's so like there's no way that you could that's one of those things where you think on the script that's just the word no the word no yeah so I mean, maybe that is one of the improvised bits because it's just so funny, and it and it wouldn't necessarily have been very funny just being like, "Give me the gummy bears." No, for me, it's also how he greets Rachel, and he's like, "Hello, greeter <laughs> Greet, girl." Weird greeter girl. <laughs> <laughs> the way he says it, he's like kind of unbothered by it, but not asking her name. He just decides <laughs> that's how he's going to address her, yeah. and just right. how we find out that he's. Because you wouldn't know he's this odd guy coming in fine. We don't know anything about Steve. No. And then Phoebe's telling Rachel that he's got high. And she's like, oh, no, I don't think so. And then it just turns around. He goes, is it dry in here? <laughs> and it's just like opening his mouth in the middle of Monica's apartment. It's been really, like, it was really nice to watch this episode back. Because between the Joey and Chandler, uh, Joey and Ross dirty talk scene and this scene, there's just two of the best scenes in all of Friends, I think. Yeah. And like that early that early first season the friends you i don't watch that as much as i watch back the other ones they're not on television yeah. as much over here certainly and yeah it's just what a bloody delight now it has been to watch this episode <laughs> you're so back. welcome for my choice <laughs> yeah. um. uh, actually this has just reminded me because before you pick this uh episode you sent me a text didn't you and saying yes, you've nearly picked a different one the one where ross got high ironically yeah. <laughs> i didn't even think of I that i had to pick a one with marijuana involved <laughs> yeah canadian it's yeah. legal so i'm plugging canada um yeah because i've made rachel's trifle for friends of mine at thanksgiving <laughs> um because i'm canadian and we i mean there's no thanksgiving here but i've cooked canadian thanksgiving the last couple of years for friends of mine and i did it last year when i moved for the first time and thought i'm gonna do this and i'd made pumpkin pie as well which is yeah. what what we eat and i told some people but not everyone knew and so some <laughs> of my friends were trying to like pawn this off and i said oh so i've made 
pumpkin pie, which is traditional for Canada, but I thought I'd do a traditional English, like trifle, because it's melding the two worlds together. And like, thank you guys so much for coming. And because I just moved and kind of made this whole little mini sentimental speech. And one of my friends knew and was trying to pawn it off on people. And he was just (laughs) trying not to laugh, looking at me. And then the first, and my one friend went, oh, great, I love trifle. And I thought, oh, no. And then my friend's boyfriend, who I'd met for the first time that day, who's the loveliest man in the world, I think felt bad that no one was eating the trifle. So came over and he was like, oh, I'm going to have some, like scooped it onto his plate. And I just sat there like, this guy doesn't know me. He doesn't know. He's just going to think, if he doesn't get it, we're we're done. It's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just looked at me and he's like, is that, oh my God, have you done? And it's like, you don't even have to finish. I went, yes, it is. And he went, that's amazing. And then just, but obviously didn't want to eat it. So yeah. then just kind of, I think, put it down and sort yeah. of sauntered back. Pushed it back across the table. Seat. Yeah. But then my friend got really upset because she loves trifle and had wanted to eat it. And I said, well, we can try it. I've never thought to try it. And it does taste like feet. It tastes, because <laughs> I thought, I kind of had Joey's thought of like, actually, maybe it won't taste that bad. And yeah. it is, it's horrible. It tastes awful i think it's like the meat juice because that will seep in everywhere it's it is disgusting yeah because in my head there's like the layers so you could almost just have like the top half and have some of the nice stuff you know or like there'll be layers that but yeah you're right now we've had the trifle and chris smith made rossi's sandwich we're putting together quite the menu here should we do the quiz yes (laughs) yep okay (laughs) you did just sort of almost visibly clench up there you're just like (laughs) Oh dear. The nerves are real. Question one. It's a two-parter, actually. Oh, okay. And it's about Chandler's colleagues. What are the names of Chandler's uh, supervisor and boss? So the woman, the supervisor, yeah. is Miss Tedlock. Yes. And the boss is Mr. Kostelik or Big Al. Yeah, I was going to say first name for a bonus. <laughs> yeah, Al Kostelik. I mean, Mrs. Tedlock is a great get from you because that is a one reference. You must have just written that I down. I did write it down because I thought, I think I know her name. But I might blank. It's one of those where I go back. I'm like, okay, I have to hear it in my head. And I'm sure it's in there. It's like muscle memory, this show for me. It's yeah. like, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But if I write it down, I will remember. Question two. Which author does Ross liken himself to when it comes to dirty talk? James Mishner. He's correct. Because <laughs> uh, I looked him up yeah. because I didn't know who he was. An author I do not know very much yeah. about. Who but is he, he, he wrote the book that the musical South Pacific was... Uh, really? Yeah. It's called <laughs> oh, Tales wow. from the South Pacific and they turned that into the musical South Pacific. Question three, potentially a controversial one. What does weenus stand for? Okay, controversial because there are two I've found. So it's uh, weekly no, estimated net usage systems. Good. But also, apparently, the real one is weekly estimated net usage statistics. That is, like, you're romping through this quiz so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, so in this first episode, where it comes up, Chandler calls it the weekly estimated net usage system. But then it's referenced again, and like loads more throughout the series, and it's always statistics, apparently. Mm-hmm. So. That seems like an odd thing to not stick to the, like, one meaning yeah. like apparently why, why wouldn't you Matthew do it Perry just got it wrong right? and he just kept it apparently I read that somewhere because uh, I was really? trying to figure out like sense. is it real is it an invented word by friends I don't work in data processing so I don't know three out of three so far with uh, you know extra bonus points for specific <laughs> detail question four what road is the restaurant on that Steve is opening oh 10th street correct That's absolutely correct <laughs> 
I well, tried to also think of what might be asked. I was like, what are tiny yeah. things? Because I knew coming in that you'd heard I was a big fan. So I was like, okay, I need to think of like the t- most minuscule details yeah. that will come up in this. We're really pushing you this time, you yeah. know. Four out of four, though. Let's... Challenge accepted. <laughs> Challenge extended. Uh, question five, and the final one for a clean sweep. What is the name of the career counsellor that Chandler visits? Oh, my God. Um <gasps> I think I wrote this down because I was sure it would come up. And he calls him career counselor a go go. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's gone from my mind. I wrote it down. Yeah, I mean it's so skirted over. It's such a tiny detail. Oh, I don't know if it's in there. I think it's gone. I was so focused on what Monica served Steve at first. I was like, that's gotta come up. Oh, what was it? Which was? <laughs> the rock shrimp ravioli yeah. with the cilantro ponzu sauce <laughs> with just a hint of minced ginger. It's like, remember it, remember it. Do you know what? I'm gonna give you the point. It's gonna be in there. I, like, hands up, that would have been a much better question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this obviously is because I don't remember his name. It is Dr. Robert Pillman. Oh, yes. Mm. But oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't think there's any shame in not getting that. Not because at all. even having written the question down, I had to keep checking my notes because I <laughs> kept forgetting yeah. it. So, um, hey, do you know what? Four out of five with many bonus points. And, you know, it's a pretty good showing. I'd say that. Thank you. You have Thank not you. disgraced yourself. <laughs> You've done very well. Uh, that's it for this episode of Friends with Friends. Nat, thanks so much for coming oh, on. Thank, thank you so you much Nat. for having me. Have you enjoyed this I experience? Had a great, great time. Thank you for joining us. And uh, uh, more next week after the music. There's some more information coming. Bye. Bye. Hello, we're still here uh, next week on Friends with Friends. Comedian Adam Hess. Adam Hess, which episode will you be talking about, please? I'll be talking about the one with the rugby. Season four, episode 15, the one with all the rugby. Go watch it, revise, prep yourselves, and we will be back next week, won't we, Peter? We will. Goodbye. All the best. Goodbye now. Great. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.